Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten. I'm, I'm, it is Monday, February 1st, 2021, and it is Super Bowl weekend. But on top of that, this is a big weekend for the collegiate athletes. I'm sorry, well, I should say the high school athletes as well because the final signing period begins this Wednesday every year. It is the first Wednesday of February, and uh, it happens to be right away. It's right there. It's right around the corner. It is two days away, and with that, there is going to be a little bit of movement in the recruiting classes. I know I haven't really updated it uh, in the last few weeks, but that was because recruiting was pretty slow. Uh, Really, we only saw, you know, aside from a couple grad transfers uh, and regular transfers, uh, we didn't really see any commitments um, really at all. Mainly, we saw decommitments, multiple of them uh, across the 21 and 22 classes. But uh, in my estimation, uh, like, say, Minnesota's uh, Avante Dickerson, uh, when you're committed to a school and you're committed to the school prior to the first signing period, and then you opt not to sign during that period, uh, that commitment to me is not really a commitment because uh, you've got about six weeks to be re-recruited. You're not, in my estimation, you're just, you're, you're, you are a commit, but you're not a commit. It's not uh, really that difficult to look at that way, it that way. And that's what happened about eventually. Like I said, Dickerson was one of the guys who decommitted, but there was some action this weekend in the 21 class, along with some action in the 22 class as well. So we'll get into the 22 class in just a second. We'll start off with the 21 in Iowa, the getting in-state athlete, Devin Hilson, uh, 6'1", 200 pounds. Uh, Hilson really didn't have a very impressive offer list. Uh, Northern Iowa, North Dakota, uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, I think that, you know, when, when you look at the Iowa program, I think they do a really good job of you know, progressing their players, getting them to improve over the course of time. And, uh, you know, this is a, a decent get. Um, I probably, you know, with a guy like Hilson uh, and with what's going on in college football right now, uh, I probably, if I was Kirk Ferentz, probably would have offered this young man a preferred walk-on instead of a straight-up scholarship. Uh, have him earn his way uh, just due to the offers. You know, he, he's got, uh, you know, directional schools that want him, but directional non-FBS schools. He's got FCS schools after him. And and typically, if you're an FCS guy and you want to you know, play at this level, at the FBS level, then you're a preferred walk-on kind of guy. You have to earn your way. You, you, you get on campus, and if, you're, if, if you show that, you know, your progression and improvement is on par and you're trending in the direction of potentially being a, a guy that's going to help the team at some point in time, then yeah, I'm good with that. Then I'm good with adding, uh, you know, the opportunity to have that be a scholarship player later on. But when you have that kind of offer list, uh, uh, to me, you know, Hilson's a guy that 
should be getting a PWO as opposed to a straight up scholarship at this point in time. I think you bank those scholarships and figure out, you know, what's what later, especially with the NCA and us really being in the dark about future scholarship restrictions and how it's going to go due to this past season and getting a free year. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's something in the air and something that they might. I don't know. I don't know. I Honestly, I have no idea. I don't know what they might do. I don't know. Um, but. You know, that's, you know, in my estimation, Hilson's the kind of guy where, you know, you give him the PWO, let him earn his way. And if he does, he does. If not, you don't lose the scholarship, uh, you know, on a guy that probably doesn't, isn't quite up to the, you know, FBS D1 level, the high D1 level. Uh, Northwestern gets an Alabama wide receiver in their 21 class in Jordan Mosley. Mosley, six foot, 190 pounds. Young man had a very solid offer list. Uh, Tennessee, Arkansas, Indiana, Penn State, Oregon, Texas A&M. And uh, I think this one's a solid get for Northwestern. Uh, it's kind of surprising that uh, when I'm going to go over the recruiting rankings where Northwesterners rank, especially after the last three years. Uh, yeah, last year was a little bit precautious. Uh, they, they didn't do well. But this year... Made it to the Big Ten Championship game two years ago. Made it to the Big Ten Championship game. Pat Fitzgerald just signed a super ridiculously long contract extension. Putting him in Evanston for until 2030. And you know that's what recruits are looking for. You, you know for a fact that he's going to be around. He's not going anywhere. You know, all the rumors about him going off to the NFL, they're gone. And I'm a little bit surprised that they haven't been able to recruit at a better clip. But in all honesty, uh, you, when you look at uh, you know the the issues that Northwestern has, uh, they've they are going to have to get to kind of like a Notre Dame level. Notre Dame, in my estimation, uh, their academics and their athletics. Uh, among the smart schools is what they'll call them. You, know, you can include Stanford, Vanderbilt. Uh, they're at the tippy top. They're at the peak. Uh, and then you know, you've got your you know, Northwestern, I think, is just a notch below. And then you've got your Vanderbilts and your Stanfords. Stanford has really fallen off recently. But anyways, uh, Northwestern gets a solid addition in Jordan Mosley. Michigan State gets a in-state 22 commit in Tyrell Henry. The wide receiver stands six foot, 160 pounds. He had offers from Arkansas, Michigan, Penn State, uh, Kentucky, West Virginia. Solid get here for Mel Tucker uh, as he continues to evolve his roster. There's a lot of guys, I believe the number's a 17, that have left since he has arrived on campus. But Going forward, I mean, this was, you know, this pretty natural when you get a new coaching staff in to a program and, you know, he's bringing in players that more fit his system. So uh, the continuation of that will happen. Uh, Wisconsin gets an in-state quarterback in Miles Burkett, 6'2", 205 pounds. He had non-Power 5 offers at this point in time. Uh, again, this is a guy I think that's just um, – you know, he might be a stopgap. I'm okay with Wisconsin going after a project uh, due to the fact that they have Graham Mertz. Uh, Mertz is going to be there for a little while. You had to kind of expect that they're not going to get any high-level quarterbacks 
up to Mertz's level uh, due to the fact that, you know, he's technically still a redshirt freshman. Uh, he could have four more years being there at Wisconsin. So uh, taking a guy that uh, is a little bit under the radar that kind of fits what they're looking for for Paul Crisp makes tons of sense. And I think in my estimation, that is Miles Burkett. So uh, a good addition. Uh, I wouldn't say anything fantastic, but, uh, you know, a, a solid add there on the 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 end of, you know, recruiting. When, when you look at, uh, you know, kind of what Wisconsin looks for uh, and, and what they are, uh, I'm good with it. I, I think that this is a, a solid get for them. All right, so heading into this week with the recruiting rankings, Ohio State is still at the top of the list inside the Big Ten, number two overall. Uh, they've, uh, you know, they've, they've got 21 commits. I'm not sure they have much room to add on. They might actually even drop. We'll see what happens there. They are the only team inside the top 10, inside the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan is right outside of it at 11 with 21 commits as well. The Badgers right there. Also, 16th overall, 21 commits. Maryland still holding strong inside the top 25 at 18th. They have 23 commits. Nebraska, 20 commits. They are 20th. Iowa, with uh, the addition this weekend, moves up a spot. 22nd overall with 19 commits. And Penn State, 15 commits, 25th overall. I remember at one point in time, Penn State was in the 40s. Uh, I thought that they would get closer to the top 15. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't quite work out for James Franklin. Uh, but... You know, 15 commits and being the top, in the top 25, that's very solid. It means that a lot of the recruits that they grabbed are high-level type of guys. And, uh, you know, James Franklin, I, I don't think that – I think a lot of people are counting out Penn State next year. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Just watch out. There's tons of talent in State College. At 35, overall, you've got Minnesota. They've got 18 commits, Michigan State couple spots back behind them, 40th with 19th commits. Rutgers right behind Michigan State, 41st overall with 21 commits. Uh, and then you're going to have to go a little bit further to find some more Big Ten schools. Because remember, um, like I said, Northwestern, their school that, you know, they, they're not always going to be at the top of recruiting rankings um, due to some of those factors that I mentioned before. But with 15 commits, they check in at 52nd overall in the country. Uh, then you've got the Hoosiers. This is the Tom Allen's worst class in the past three years. Just 13 commits, 63rd overall in the country. We'll see if they add on some more players here in the coming days. Purdue, 15 commits, 71st overall in the country. And even though Brett Bielema has added some guys to his 21 recruiting class, uh, it's still not so great. Uh, 75th overall in the country, 16 commits. Uh, and, and in all honesty, uh, again, I, I put a little bit of blame on uh, Lovey Smith here. Um, you know, putting them in a bind. Uh, you know, Lovey got fired right after the first signing period. Uh, put Bielma in a position where he could add. But again, remember, the majority of prospects, they sign in that early period. So uh, unfortunately for Bielma and the Illini staff, it's just, you know, it's just not, not going to work out for them. A couple notes for Michigan as well. Uh, Zach Charbonnet has found his new home. 
Uh, when he went into the transfer portal a couple weeks ago, I told you to look for him to go closer to his California home. Well, that's exactly what happened. He will enroll at UCLA. And then uh, defensive tackle Donovan Jeter, uh, his status for this coming year was up in the air. But uh, as we all know, since the um, since the area for players to be uh, going into the NFL has already passed, you know, we, we knew that he wasn't going to go in the NFL. Uh, what we didn't know was whether he was going to stay in Ann Arbor or if he was going to transfer. Well, looks like he will be staying in Ann Arbor for another season. Uh, on to the basketball side of things. Uh, the conference tournament was set to be in Chicago. Uh, it was going to be like it was last year. Uh, no fans, most likely, uh, due to some issues uh, you know that that the city in Illinois is having. Uh, but that is not even a question anymore. They are going to move to Indianapolis, the tournament, and this makes a ton of sense. Why? Well, because they can start the bubble process earlier. Uh, they now, if you didn't know. The whole NCAA tournament will be played across the state of Indiana. It's going to be played in different areas, ultimately finishing up at Conseco Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, uh, which is where the Big Ten is going to hold their conference championship. And, uh, you know, this makes sense. I really think that this is a, a good option for the Big Ten. Uh, having them start the bubble a little bit earlier than the rest of the teams uh, it just it just does. It, ma it makes plenty of sense. And, uh, you know, in my estimation, this is a smart move by the conference. And, you know, uh, again, Kevin Warren has had a, a tumultuous first season uh, kind of under watch. I I'm including this as his first season because, um, you know, the basketball season last year uh, didn't start under his watch. It's, it was at the end. It was at the beginning of, you know, the 20 season, it was Jim Delaney's, and then obviously uh, Warren took over right at the turn of the new year. But uh, I wouldn't, you know, that I, I'm not half a season doesn't count for him. This is his first full basketball season, and uh, it's it's been a rough one still. Uh, lots of cancellations, lots of teams and not being able to play due to the coronavirus. But you know, that's uh, kind of, in my estimation, was expected. Speaking of something that was unexpected, uh, Rutgers' Geo Baker, uh, he went very uh, angrily this weekend at the NCAA uh, and at Rutgers uh, about the NIL, name, image, likeness. And uh, to me, this is uh, something that you, you need to watch out for because they're still held up on this. Uh, it seemed like it was going to be uh, approved, uh, but it hasn't. And, uh, you know, he mentioned, you know, being in a bubble, losing girlfriends, uh, you know, not getting uh, money for his, what he's doing for the school. And, uh, you know, I get it. I understand where he's coming from. But, you know, at the current moment, there's nothing he can do until they make a final ruling about NIL. He's kind of stuck. He's, uh, you know, in a position where he's just going to have to deal with what's going on. So, uh, it kind of is what it is. All right, let's uh, update the scores from over the past weekend. And uh, there was a big game on Friday night, the only game inside the Big Ten, the top 25 matchup. Number seven, Iowa traveled to Champaign to take on number 19, fighting Illini. And the Illini scored the upset, 80-75. to 75. Uh, and This one, uh, Luca Garza, uh, still just fantastic, but just not quite enough 
for Iowa. And then you should have seen Fran McCaffrey in his post-game interview. Uh, not happy. Uh, really just kind of perturbed about some of the officiating as well. And uh, in all honesty, uh, I, I don't like it. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. This is a rivalry game between Iowa and Illinois. Uh, you know, Iowa like, would have liked to handle it and get that W, but uh, it didn't happen. And Illinois gets a much-needed win, uh, in my estimation. That's a confidence builder for them. Over to the games on Saturday, Penn State has played fantastic. Now, they haven't gotten all the wins that that the way that they've played. But remember, aside from that one, one half, their first half when they returned against the Fighting Illini from their COVID-19 shutdown, Aside from that first half, they've played some fantastic basketball, and that continued this weekend. You know, yes, like I said, they haven't always gotten wins. Uh, they lost to Ohio State last week, uh, but this time when they played Wisconsin, 14th-ranked Wisconsin, at home, scored the upset, a 10.1, to 71 It's, uh, it's, it's going to hurt Wisconsin at the long run uh, because uh, Wisconsin would like to have you know, some more uh, wins in the book to uh, get a better seed. But, uh, you know, it, I think they're going to fall a couple spots uh, when the rankings come out this week. Purdue, I do not understand how they are not ranked. They go to Minnesota. They fall behind in the first half, uh, and they just end up trouncing the 21st-ranked Gophers, 81-62. to 62. At this point in time, I don't know what the hell the pollsters are looking at. They sure better put Purdue inside the top 25 because they are more than deserving of a top 25 ranking at the current moment. On to Sunday's action, uh, Michigan State's misery continues. Uh, they have had it rough since returning from their COVID-19 uh, issues. Uh, a 30-point loss in their last game and now a 17-point loss to 13th-ranked Ohio State. Tom Izzo, uh, they are in jeopardy of missing the tournament. Uh, this is not the kind of Michigan State team that we've seen in the past. In the past, we've seen Michigan State go out and be able to you know, lose some games early, uh, really kind of find themselves and, and go on. Well, I, I don't think, you know, what, what I think is missing from this Michigan State team is a floor general. Cassius Winston obviously uh, stayed there for four years and really was able to uh, just run everything the way he was a coach on the floor, really. And they don't have that kind of guy. Uh, you know, Josh Langford, he's a great player, but I don't think he's that kind of guy. One of the, the few holdovers, obviously losing talent to the NBA hurts as well, but uh, I don't, I think this is a lost season for Michigan State. However, uh, when, when they, you know, come back next year, ooh, they're going to be loaded, absolutely loaded. Imani Bates, hello, he's coming. He'll be there. He'll be there. But uh, right now, not looking so hot for Michigan State. Uh, the other game on Sunday was Rutgers and Northwestern. Northwestern continues their downward slide, and Rutgers is continuing to play very, very well. A 64-56 road victory for the Scarlet Knights. And, uh, you know, I, I think that Rutgers is really, uh, you know, kind of making their way. They're, they're doing some good things, and uh, I think they're trending towards the tournament. In my estimation, I think they should make it. Uh, at one point in time, obviously, remember, they were ranked in the top 25, not anymore. But uh, I think that uh, regardless of rank, when you look at their overall resume, I think that they're uh, well-deserving of a spot 
inside the NCAA tournament. And that will do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten. I'm, I'm Raiders Reviews and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Monday, Big Ten fans. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.